Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. Of course, my sex and my happiness is included in it, and so is my guest's sex and happiness included in all of it. So today, we're going to talk about soulmate to homemate. What does that mean? We're going to talk about how we go searching for another person to love in our lives, and maybe that's a fallacy. We're going to explore that. And my guest today is David Stone. Now, I just want to tell you that I, I've known David Stone for years. We met in London back in the day when I first was going to London and teaching. David showed up, and we've been in each other's lives ever since. We, we recently had a reconnection, and I asked him to come on the show and talk about this. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's an awakening coach with a rich background in healing, gestalt psychotherapy, breathwork, tantra, business success, and coaching. Three key awakening experiences in life have helped him to see the role of the self and the self. So that's like self with a little s and self with a capital S and how to create health, happiness, and success that comes from the inside out without compromising your sovereign wholeness. David, welcome to Sex and Happiness. Thank you, Laurie. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And so clearly you've been looking at this stuff um, from soulmate to homemate. You've been looking at the little S self and the big S self for some time before we find out exactly what you're doing and how to move into, I guess, the sovereignty or the self-love that you and I are going to talk about. I want to ask a little bit about how you got here. Like, how did you get, what are these, the three awakening experiences or how did you get to be who you are in the world? What made you do that? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think the the second awakening really was when I, just before I'd met you actually, um, back in London about, I think it's about 17 years ago. Yeah. When we first uh, bumped into each other. I met um, you in 2000 or 2001, something like that, at at the, I don't know, the whole, the new, uh, whatever expo they were having in London at the time in the horticultural halls or something. That's right. And I, I'd had surgery. I'd just not long had surgery on um, an abscess. And it was right up my bum on the base of my spine. Oh, my God. And it was pretty serious. And... I had this interesting sort of, you know, in England, we always look to America for sorts of radical surgeries. And I had this new type of surgery. And what they'd done is just left me cut open so that the abscess could leak out. Oh, my God. And it was really quite shocking and horrific. And, you know, really, um, you know, I was 26. I was a high flyer. I had a huge job in the city. And I was into things like Reiki and, you know, the sort of things that people come into when they're entering into spirituality or exploring themselves. And then suddenly I was like given this to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. And um, I flew out to America and did some work with a native Canadian shaman on his land and did sweat lodges and cold river bathing and sleeping under the stars. And it really helped me to see how blocked my kundalini channels were in my body and during the sweat my literally my heart opened up and in that opening i could feel this profound resentment this grudge kind of just literally unfold like a tight fist yeah and open up and leave and really you know that was such a, a big key in my expansion it was a very old wound a very old grudge 
and it took the intensity of a 12-hour sweat to really push against it and to sort of locate that clench in in the kind of invisible heart muscle like the spirit muscle of the heart in the in the kind of more expanded body in the, in the field of my body to really wake me up to how shut down I was and to the sort of trapped psyche that goes on beneath the surface of our personalities of my personality you know to me I had no idea about right. that being locked inside right um, and that was very formative in my awakening because I came back feeling massively expanded and then the, everything cleared up um, because it was the root of my Kundalini. So it was able to then trigger the, the start. And that was working with yourself and, and your partner at the time to really start to clear my channels and own my, my body, but also my spine and my kind of my soft spine, my Kundalini channel. And mm-hmm. to start to inhabit my body and clear out the, the legacy of everything that was stored there that was just beneath the kind of the superficial psyche that, that I was kind of trying to address with therapy and coaching and counseling and Reiki. You know, you just dig at the surface levels. But this really opened me up to the, the deeper understanding of what it means to kind of clear, clear out the blockages. That's an amazing situation. So your body actually informed you. Well, when, I guess through the, when you look like that, you know, when you had that abscess, which who knows how you even got it, but it's like it gave you a gift where, uh, in, uh, couched inside of a curse. <laughs> and that's it. And it's like I just had no support at home and I just started doing research on the Internet. And this, you know, bearing in mind, this was 2001. So yeah. there was no huge sort of you know, spiritual new age movement. It was just fledgling. And I found one of the few crystal healers in Canada. And she said, come over, I'll help you. I'll help you. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> and I just, I just trusted and flew over. And mm. before I knew it, she'd packed me off 10 hour drive to go and see a shaman. You know, it was just incredible how when spirit wants you to meet with the deeper mysteries, it will take you there through these channels, through these people who hold um, the vibrational purity and the connection between the higher realms where you can connect with that, with that higher vibration of healing to kind of enable your body to, to shed. But whilst being grounded in the, you know, the earth teachings, the earth wisdom of shamanism at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. So then, so you came back and you, you were clearly, um, when I met you, you were, you were more searching, you know, like you weren't doing what you are now. You were searching. Yes. You were very open and you were super trusting, which was awesome. All, all a wonderful combination for growth. Mm-hmm. And then it's been, you know, what you just said about 17 years and you've established yourself really in a practice as a healer. And and you've got yourself in Glastonbury now, which is like the center of a lot of things. Yes, it's it's been a very winding journey. I think um, the first six years were training as a Gestalt psychotherapist, um, so getting a really good ethical sort of structure platform, so that you know you've got your integrity, your ethics, and understanding of all the mis- sort of the, the the sort of mechanics of what goes on in the psyche. So you've got mm-hmm. that grounding to sort of to create a container, a safe container for then the more woo-woo aspects um, that came later. <laughs> that's so great. That's, it's, that's wonderful. So what is it that you're actually, you know, like, so right now, like do you see people individually or do you do some group processes or do you take people on retreats? What is it that you that you exactly do with people? And then in the next sec- segment, we're going to get to this soulmate, homemate question. Yeah. Um, well, I've combined the Gestalt training with a deeper um, shamanic, psychic, mediumship training. And then my latest work has been doing three years daily meditation with just entering into the body. So a real deeper embodiment, very zen. And just really not looking for any trinkets, any spiritual highs, just really bedding into the body and using that, that platform of the earlier trainings to 
to sort of understand what all the phenomena are that arise, you know, all the um, soul fragments, all the chords, attachments, contracts, all the things that mysteriously arise out of the body when you just bring full presence and uh, an embodied awareness into it um, in a very sort of safe and sacred space. I love um, what you're saying. I just have to say to you, I love what you're saying because I think the body gets a bad rap. I mm. think people think that the body is for procreation and sex and, you know, and food. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think they forget that the body is their whole, like everything is housed in here. This is, you know, the, the, the body is like, to me, it informs everything. I check in to see what my gut is feeling or what, my heart is saying or or even like what my position that I'm sitting in or standing in is saying in any given moment and mostly people don't even look at that they just they just stay stuck in the mind well that's it exactly Laurie because you're body aware so you're what you're saying though is, is you're kind of modeling body awareness so as you start to notice your body and the posture and your breath around the posture so if you're locked if your stomach's tight if you've got your legs crossed, if your nose suddenly becomes blocked, these are all tells, like in poker. Your body is constantly giving you messages. And, you know, in our culture, in our society, in our education system, it really has denatured us from our animalistic sort of um, homing system for guidance. Because, like you say, we've, we've locked into the mind as the, as the sort of homing device of comfort of home within ourselves. And that locks us down and it, it causes us to kind of fragment off from this beautiful machine, this biological miracle that's the body that has all the answers, but often is very pained because all the problems are locked into the body, ready to be unraveled, like I mentioned earlier with my personal, one of my personal kind of unravelings. And so it's a lot easier to stay in that kind of, for want of a better word, that matrix, that artificial world of the intellect and of the externalized world and all the shiny things, um, you know, materialistic, orgasmic power, you know, the things that make us sort of reach outwards um, for completion because mm -hmm. they're so much more seductive. So, yeah, um, it's, it's so easy to, we're so programmed uh, to sort of reach outwards, to look outwards through the senses. And we're shamed, but, you know, it's, we're programmed that way because, you know, as we come up, we're shamed for touching our bodies. We're shamed for being too this, too much in one way or another. And whatever it is, it's, that's our excitement, our enthusiasm, the natural bubbling that comes out of the body. Uh, from just being alive, just being uh, thrilling to to walk, to move, to run, to roll in the the grass, and and then you know, little by little, the culture puts its corrections on us, and we get shamed for all these things. So yeah, the only thing we got left is to value the mind. That's beautiful, Laurie. Yeah, I mean, what you're bringing in there, the, the shame, and that that kind of literally starts to strangulate the bubbling life force of a child um it's and that bubbling you know freud described it he called it libidinal energy that yeah. everything is basically in essence libido and i didn't train as a as a freudian analyst but i worked with pearls and the gestalt method and they believe everything is aggress is aggressing not aggression but biting into the environment like so you're going to bite and you're going to chew you know like a really rampant toddler and like you say, as we get older, we get conditioned, we get shut down, we get shamed, we get packed down into boxed into shoulds and, 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 and rules and, and don't and no, and way beyond what's healthy. And we lose that natural kind of libido, that natural kind of raw, um, emotive, instinctive, animalistic sort of aspect to ourselves. Um, that's often, you know, we, we then fantasize about in our, in our soulmate that they will somehow wake it up when <laughs> we, we bump into them and then suddenly it'll all unravel and it'll all come good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's really good. That's a good place for us to take a break. 
like that whole introduction to looking for a soulmate who's going to tap us into our natural. <laughs> you make me feel like a natural woman. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, give it to me. <laughs> All right, kids. So we're going to take a little break here. Um, everybody who's listening, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing David Stone, and uh, David has just described how he woke up. You know, he, he his ass woke him up, and it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to to. Uh, consider it like that perhaps and then actually it's not like he had a physical challenge and it made him seek alternative healing and that woke him up to his whole current who he is how he is in the world and what he offers to other people and um yeah it's a it's 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 a great wake up it's a however we wake up is a great wake up and uh we're gonna move on in the next segment when we come back we're gonna talk about what this search for soulmate is uh and i'm gonna say it's the small s self looking for something to complete us and we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna shed some light on that whole thing so please stay tuned we're coming right back did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright that you don't need to earn it or prove it you just need to live it i'm personally inviting you to the path of true love power and freedom if you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart i'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience this is better known to most of you as the ISTA level one training i am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world as a matter of fact these trainings have taken place in 34 countries for information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers, only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to butterflyworkshops.com. That's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. If you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts and is created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. 
That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handler's on the Sex and Happiness Show. We're back with Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. My guest today is David Stone. He's an awakening coach, and he has studied. He has a rich background of Gestalt psychotherapy and breath work and tantra, and a whole bunch of other things. And basically, he's he's uh, he works with people in meditating in on the body, dropping in. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit now about what it is to what this soulmate, the drive to to find another half or whatever they say in the culture it's crazy but so david talk about it you get you're writing a book yeah called i am indeed yeah and what's it called it's called the soulmate seduction finding wholeness within okay let's go tell me a little bit about that because that sounds like a perfect book for our times well what started happening was with my clients often in in one-to-one but also in groups Whatever's at the root of most problems, it comes down to our primary relationship with ourself that gets projected onto our intimates. And the more I started to study this, the more it it sort of started to reveal itself for what's really going on. And um, what I've discovered through my research and writing and studying what's going on in my own process and and, and sort of years of working with, with clients in this area is that primarily we are biologically wired to commune and to mate and to come together with another. And we're literally flooded with chemicals to make us fall in love. And, you know, it's a wondrous process. It it overrides any logic, any reason, (laughs) (laughs) enough to make make two sort of completely random people come together and, and... and, you know, either live, cohabit or, or bring an offspring into the world and go through that massive trauma <laughs> of, of life together, of trying to bring two lives into one. And when you look at the mechanism of marriage, marriage was never about love. Marriage was about security, status, um, annexing territory. It was about control. Look at women. Women in marriage were powerless. They, you know, they were they had no citizenship. They had no writing votes. They had no access to money. And so, when you look at the the imbalance of the history of of the, these chemicals that override someone, and yet what they then come into once they do come together, there's this kind of massive conflict that's kind of embedded in our genes, in our in our you know, it's hardwired into us to combine going outside ourselves and mating and then getting into a really tangled mess. Well, I love that you put the chemicals in there because it's so, um, it like what you said earlier about it, you, you're into the science of it as well as, you know, whatever the spiritual parts of it are. So the chemicals override critical thinking. Mm-hmm oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins. And then there's other stuff that I probably don't know how to pronounce. (laughs) Um, They're wired for the procreation of the species and they will override anything. Like, I mean, if you see dogs going after a dog in heat, (laughs) you know, they'll jump a a 10 foot fence, but people will do the same kind of thing uh, and people are, they don't have a heat period. Human beings are, you know, can procreate at any time. So there's no particular just, you know, like period before gestation. There's just like all the time those chemicals get released and they make people crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and that- I, you know, I'm beyond, like, I never procreated. And I'm also, you know, I also believe that, that, um, I have this whole belief that people sold out in the way in, in terms of choosing procreation over immortality. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like the same energy can be used to live forever. 
I'm not talking about spiritual immortality. I'm talking about physical. I feel, mm -hmm. I, I believe that people could actually channel their energies to keep living, but, mm -hmm. they, but they take such, a, but they sell out all the time for the biology of procreation or the fantasy of, even if they're not making a baby, they're making a relationship which becomes the baby. Yes. <laughs> I think you're spot on. I think you've used the word sell out mm. and I would use a similar word in terms of self-compromise. It's like we lose track of, and this is, you know, backed up, verified with all my clients, even if in, in they're in very strong relationships with partners, they still sell out and they compromise the one contract the one thing they always owe to themselves, which is to be true to the to thine own self. Right. Shakespeare said, if you're true to your own self, you can't really ever sell your partner out. If you're being true to your utmost innate knowing, because that will be in their ultimate best interest. Right. Maybe not immediately, and they won't thank you for half the things you might do and say. But ultimately, what it does is it creates, it forges wholeness. So rather than being two half, half beings, like looking for their other half, yeah. it, it kickstarts a process, which is a gradual process. As you, as you probably know, this doesn't happen overnight. No. Where you, you unfold all the ways you, your parents, your ancestors have compromised wholeness through no fault of their own, through trauma, through social conditioning, through um, all the traditions and habits and educational mores that have dominated humanity, like I'm saying through marriage, which was not a healthy mechanism for... No, no. It was very much about sacrifice and compromise on both sides. And I think as, as evolved, an evolving species, you know, a lot of the work you do, you'll see that we're, on, we're kind of unraveling a lot of this misinformation, this distorted understanding of what makes us human about compromise, about selling out. And so we can become two whole people who then start to attract, or a whole person who starts to attract another whole person. So one plus one starts to create two rather than one and one merge into one. And then you're kind of both fighting over the same energy because you've not individuated to create something outside of yourself, above and beyond yourself, that's healthy and sustainable. Right. It's, it's, uh, this, is, this is so good. It's so good to call out, you know, to like actually call it out and say the bill of goods that we've been sold, at least in Western culture, I don't know about, um, other, I don't know about other cultures so much. I know a lot about European and American and South American culture. I know about religion, selling people this bill of goods. And, um, I, I, you know, what we've been handed is really what you called before the matrix, you know, just like the movie, the matrix, where it's, it's like, we're stuck in this web, pleasing our parents, pleasing our peers, pleasing religion, pleasing whatever. I mean, I'm, I feel grateful that I, I stepped away from it very early. I just rebelled against the whole thing and said, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm. And it was very difficult. I mean, for growing up, it was super difficult to say to my parents, you know, I am not going to get married. And wow. they were, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I know, said nothing. It, this is what's right with me. Like I can't do it. I, I can't. I there's, you know, it might be that I never met the person in my dreams, you know, or whatever. But I like I realized that that was like a Cinderella fantasy. You know, I used to have a women's group. I have to tell you this. This is so funny. This just reminds me. In the seventies, I had I used to lead women's groups and men's groups. Like the men that I knew in my life didn't have anyone they wanted to be the leader of their men's group. So I was. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. I, it was such an honor and a privilege that they, they selected me to lead a men's support group. Um, in my women's group, though, I, we, I, we used to sing this song from Cinderella, Someday My Prince Will Come. I used, to, <laughs> I used to make all the women stand up and get into couples 
and then dance the waltz around the room singing someday <laughs> my prince will come and then i used to say okay now stop it you know <laughs> let it go get rid of it <laughs> you're your prince you show up yes well it's like a sticking plaster it's like you've got all this kind of literally rotting sort of you know distorted uh energy that goes on under the surface like i had to find up my ass and then what happens is society plasters over that this kind of fairy tale right and it's 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 cultured into us it's in our archetypal nature to seek this missing part that's going to give us wholeness outside of ourselves and it's not the truth yeah it's literally painful. <clears throat> it's painful to start to, to dig in. And when you look at the Buddhist um, tradition, we look at Thich Nhat Hanh's uh, explanation. He's got a video on YouTube called There Is No Romantic Love. <clears throat> and basically Buddhism just sees this beautiful way of looking at no attachment. It's right. this not selling out. It's not compromising. Right. Not yeah. imagining that, that soulmate love is going to rescue you. It's going to magically wave a wand and make everything better. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't. So, so how you know? So, so one. The, I, so this begs two questions. One is: so how do people find their capital S self? Mm -hmm. Two. Then, when they want to connect with another, how do they maintain their sovereignty so that they can actually love? Because loving feels good. Mm. loving feels good but not but not giving away what i said to you early before we got on this uh on this on our show i said to you you know i feel people give away their whole nervous system to someone and they expect that person to, to know what to do with it oh yeah that's the ultimate <laughs> self-betrayal isn't it but it's so easy <laughs> well i, I think give you my heart you know and they they don't really give the heart they give their nerve they give everything they give their whole decision making nervous system chemistry everything well i think i think one of the things i've learned from is how not to do it um has been my role model almost through through my training and my learning mm -hmm. it's a lot of the meditations and the healings i did it disassociated me from my body so i'd go out into the stratosphere i'd go out into you know, deep, uh, erotic, uh, orgasmic experiences, but not taking my body with me. So I desensitize, which would actually be another way of bypassing. It's very similar to maybe shopping too much or, or being on drugs or taking, you know, sugar to, to get over something painful or having a drink rather yeah. than facing it. So, so really a lot of my formative experiences were actually misleading me my spiritual training and some of my psychotherapy training weren't encouraging me to really embody so one of the ways to actually find the bigger self with a capital s is actually in the mundanity of just starting to control your breath mm. so just say i'm gonna i'm gonna breathe in for the count of six and then suddenly you're not one isn't in that kind of autopilot where literally any emotion and any attribute can be running you so you're at the mercy of of everything that's ever happened to you and, and everything that's ever happened to your ancestors literally running you on autopilot mm -hmm. and it starts it starts there and then the second way to that i find really useful with people is to start to notice the skin because your skin is like your biggest organ yes and how much attention do you give to your biggest organ whilst you're in your body? It's, it's literally like the wrapper that protects you. And, you know, historically, it was what was responsible for our survival. And so starting to notice the skin on the body as you start to kind of control the breath means that you take control back from everything that you give it away to or that's been, it's been, it's been given away to through your, through your heritage and your conditioning so that starts the process of connecting to the bigger self because really then you're in your body and then if you do have transcendental um or bigger experiences you can do it whilst 
clearing out any residues that are in the body rather than just kind of riding what do they call it sort of ceiling surfing (laughs) Um, having these heightened spiritual erotic drug fuel whatever it is experiences but without taking the body with you it tends to deny you the the opportunity to clear out the the sort of the depths Mm. This is so good. And you, I mean, what you're saying, you know, really you're proving, you're making a case, I guess, for Tantra. Because when people, in the beginning, you know, when I first started teaching Tantra and people would say, this is all it is. And I would say, yeah, <laughs> breath, breath, sound and movement. It's not rocket science. It's been around for thousands of years. It's been around before, before we had rockets. And that's, <laughs> breath, sound and movement is really all it takes to notice the body. Breath, sound, and movement is all it takes is what you just said to take back control of who you are as a sentient being different from what you inherited, your DNA strand and everything else, all the all the crap that came in through the umbilical cord. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it is because the ego, the mind is so used to complexity. It, it, it almost literally, it's too, it's too easy right that's why they say is this it is that all there is this is tantra yeah it's it's so easy the mind wants to like muck it up and complicate things and make it really into rocket science and it isn't it's simple it's simple stuff but the simple stuff will lead you home and that's it it's like one of the things i learned in my gestalt training is you go with the resistance not against it you don't try and cathart Mm. artificially and push against what's blocked you work with what's blocked so you invite it in you welcome it in you acknowledge it you bring the breath and the focus into the body or the field where the distraction is where the blockage is so that begins the unknotting process the sort of decompressing the unraveling of the shame binds and the trauma locks and the trauma binds that have literally become armoured into the erogenous zones, into the body, and in some cases into the spinal energy and the spinal cord, like in mm-hmm. back problems. You know, we are in a generation of back issues that was never the case 50 years ago, which is evidence that we're storing, and heart attacks and cancer, which is evidence that we're storing so much more because we've become so disassociated from our bodies and from nature and the environment. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Well, this is so good. I, you know, we could, I think you and I could like go on and on, you know, all day, but we're going to take it <laughs> because this is like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is my dance tune, but um, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to find out um, how people can get in touch with you how you know when the book is coming out uh, all of this so that people can find you um after listening to the show if if they want to find you and i'm i'm hoping that they do find you because this is so relevant it's so it's just so important and it's so important to sex and happiness like really if you want to be happy you have to like focus on breathing for six counts i mean really it's as simple as that it, it, it really is, Laurie, because if you were to just practice that as a result of listening to this interview and to count to six, pause yeah. on the inhale, count to six, pause on the exhale through the mouth and inhale through the nose and notice your skin, your life would shift. Mm. I can't yeah. mm, So good. I got excited hearing that. All right. We're going to take a break. This is Laurie Handlers. This is Sex and Happiness. And I'm with David Stone. I'm having a great time. And, um, you know, I hope you are too. I'm turned on by the conversation because it's about self-empowerment and sovereignty and how to embody yourself uh, and not lose yourself. uh, We're assuming that we've all lost ourselves for one reason or another and for all the reasons we outlined. So we're saying reclaim yourself, capital S, who are you, the bigger you, Um, in this equation so stay tuned we're coming right back so 
So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being, whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say, Laurie Handler has told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. Again, this is Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers, and uh, I'm very thrilled with this show. I'm really excited with a conversation that I'm having with David Stone. Um, David, you are so unwoo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So I take back anything I said before. I I mean it. It's like you are re- you're like reaching into what I consider to be the basic mechanics of um really uh person reclamation, individual reclamation, life enhancing, life enforcing uh practice. Mm-hmm. And and I I can't I, I'm I'm ecstatic about it. it. It makes me happy to hear. Really makes me happy to hear. Yeah. So if people, so first of all, how soon would the book be out? When do you think it will be well, out in 2019? I was hoping to have it out on Valentine's Day as a bit of a kind of cosmic joke um, about sort of you know the anti soulmate book on Valentine's Day, but um, it's going to take a little longer to. To, to bring it out. So I think it'll come out later in the year. I'm hoping really by April. Um, okay, great, great. But it's good to know. And it's like, yeah, maybe the best Valentine's gift any at any time that we can give ourselves is our own sovereignty oh. and our own uh, individual uh, process, our own, being in love with ourselves, like self-love. Yes, and, and, and self-love is an entrainment. So it's a little bit like entraining your presence into yourself. And as you entrain your presence into yourself, it literally pushes out anything that is not of itself, that is not love, mm-hmm. that is not presence. And I discovered this when I was training in network spinal analysis by this great American guy who brought it to the world. And there's a few English chiropractors who who've trained in network spinal is it donnie epstein and basically 
when three people are getting a treatment simultaneously, the one with the most entrained spine, the spine that's got the, the greatest flow of energy moving through it, that spine will literally entrain the other two spines into wholeness, into the, the, the more refined S-curve of natural back health. And it's the same with self-love. So someone like yourself, Laurie, and the work you do, I'm sure when you're sitting with people, it naturally starts to entrain them into self-love, to release those parts of themselves they've been holding on to, often beneath their awareness, that then brings them into that wholeness, that self-sovereign place of love, feeling that love for themselves that just shows up when the crap leaves. Yeah. It's a simple physiological fact that if you remove the disease we actually our bodies know how to be love they boom love when we remove the disease they have a natural compass um to to re you know orientate us to well-being that is so you know i just learned the word entrainment i want you to know i learned it about two months ago i never knew that word <clears throat> and I've been using it ever since. Like there's a book out called The Power of Eight by Lynn, ah, yes. by Lynn McTaggart. And it's about how pe groups of eight people come together and they focus on healing or they focus on something and, and how their sheer energy and combining with the others, it can entrain and then produce like amazing results in a person's uh whether it's their financial or their health or whatever it is and i also found out when i found out about the word entrainment i looked it up of course they said that you could put a whole bunch of grandfather clocks into a room together and all the i don't know what you call it, the pendulums in mm. the clocks are all going different but if you leave the room and you leave them in the same room together let's say a dozen grandfather clocks when you yeah. come back to the room all the pendulums are swinging exactly the same yes yes and it's it's similar when a group of women live together they all start to ovulate yeah they ovulate and menstruate at the same time yes 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 and so in my sessions that's is what i start to do because of the focus i've taken the care of this entrainment process it starts to bring my clients into that sort of wholeness and whatever is in the way with with the safe sort of ethical well-held space it can start to release in a way that's really efficient so that we don't have to really you know take 20 30 40 50 sessions it can come out when it's ready it can come out without any externally imposed sort of uh projected understanding of you know, how long that, that issue can release. So it could literally release in one, two, three sessions rather than, say, 20 years of psychotherapy. Really? That's, that's hurrah, 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 because I don't believe in 20 or 30 years of psychotherapy. So <laughs> I'm of the school of instant transformation. <laughs> yeah, and, it, you know, it's, it's allowing that transformation to come of its own accord because if we push then we can actually not allow the body to be in its own organic flow, its own organismic self-regulation. So a body that's self-regulating can take those leaps that you're talking about, but it needs to kind of gently, gently come into them in its own pace so that once it's had a big leap, it can naturally then integrate it back into itself. It's great. I'm thrilled. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. How can people get in touch with you, David, especially when if they want to get in touch with this book and they want to see you, what's the best way to find you? Great. Well, um, I have a website called embodied soul awakening.com. And um, I have resources on there that people can watch videos um, I've interviewed, like yourself, many people on this embodied awakening process. So there's lots of freebies and meditations there. And then if someone wants a session, I do them by Skype and also in person. And this year I'll be bringing out groups, online groups, and hoping to have my first retreat later in the year. 
That's wonderful, David. So there you should say the, say the website again, Embodied? EmbodiedSoulAwakening.com Okay, EmbodiedSoulAwakening.com It's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, it's a big mouth, mouthful. It's like... <laughs> but that's but okay. it says what it does on the tin. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, David, thank you so much for being my guest today. It has been such a pleasure talking to you and... You know, reconnecting and finding out really what you're doing, and it's um, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's 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 wonderful to hear the work and and to know that people have you as a resource and they can tap into you from all over the world on Skype. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. You're welcome. Oh, wonderful. So, everybody who is listening, first of all, thank you for being my listeners. I couldn't do this show without you. And I want to let you know that um, I that I want you to tune in next time when I have another guest. We'll be talking about the role that touch plays uh, when we're healing from sexual trauma. And, um, and, and learning what actually we want. You know, we talk a lot about, I've talked on this show a lot about boundaries and what we don't want you know, what we say no to, but what do we want? What do we want when we connect with somebody? Um, and we're sovereign. So it's it's like, it's taking what David and I talked about today and then how do we connect with someone and what do we want? So, um, so that's what we're going to be talking about on the next show. Uh, so please tune in to Sex and Happiness. I'm thrilled to do this. And uh, really, it's my honor and it's a pleasure. So thank you. This is Laurie Handlers signing off for Sex and Happiness. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Laurie and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.